Kwanzaa came close there. Nobody tries four switches against the team that gets Philadelphia. In other words, everybody tries it. Everybody right. understands that's how you get at the diamond, but and yet they're still pretty good at covering four. Watch this run by Velasco as Arriola reaches the ball with the near post run is by Barrera, who gets himself in the shooting position and scores it for FC Dallas. Oh, they have worked hard for that one tonight. FC Dallas had their problems early in the game, but problems no more. Zeus is on the board. Right there, takes it right around Welcome to Big D After Dark. When the lights go down, we go live. Welcome to the show. We are live. And, of course, what's fun about this FC Dallas uh, live sports show here is that uh, it can get a little messy and chaotic sometimes. So you you can send in your comments and questions if you're joining us. You can share the, the show on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate all that as we, uh, we have some good conversation after a roller coaster week for FC Dallas. I'm the host here, Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle is our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. What's up, everybody? And welcoming back to Tommy LaBeouf there at Tom underscore FC Dallas, uh, rocking out his his good FC, FCD gear tonight. That's right. We're What's up, everybody? <laughs> I always keep my scarf over here and forget to put it on. We really had a uh, – we'll see if Ishmael joins us uh, – here in a bit, uh, don't know what his status is tonight, but hey, we we go live. You know, we got to do it live, and, and it really was a roller coaster week for FC Dallas. Uh, a, uh, a a tough their last sort of three game week, three games in nine matches, and they had two wins at home, which was nice to see them return to form. In particular, on Wednesday night, taking on uh, welcoming the Philadelphia Union to to, to Frisco. And taking care of business. And one of uh, performance that may not have been the prettiest performance offensively, but they got the goal and they did their job to preserve the shutout and, and, and have and send Philly packing. Then things got a little more bleak uh, on Sunday night as FC Dallas visited Nashville, who have been in a slump. And were pro- I think Dallas was hoping to steal some points, but it, it did not go their way. A 4 nothing drubbing uh, that was a tough really tough to watch really really tough to watch so we're, we're going to start with the positive side of things we're going to start with what we liked about that win really an important win at home against philadelphia union one of the best teams um maybe one of the top two teams in all of major league soccer jose what did you like out of that one nothing win at home um i like the fact that it was a total team victory it was it's very hard to pick out one guy that that you could say was the best you know the mvp of the game because i think everybody and i mean everybody uh uh the starting 11 i think everybody had excellent games against i mean you, you had a team that came in top of the east on short rest for both teams and and really probably the most complete match that the team has put together as a unit where where basically everybody all the fans said we look like a real uh, contender here but you know that it underscores why it's so important to get that that home playoff match because if Dallas can find a way to finish 
uh, with in the playoffs and with a home match, then it gives the team a shot. It gives the team a shot. They ha- they at home they can beat anybody. Tommy, what were your reactions to the to the win against Philly? Yeah, I thought it was uh, well, close to a world-class goal there by Ferreira. That one little touch, I mean, in tight space to get open, to get a shot in. I mean, I, I don't remember many FC Dallas forwards that would have done that and just kept the composure. And, yeah, and I thought, you know, Velasco had a good game and, and we, we were able to close out the game and, and win. But, you know, I just remember going up early with that goal, Ferreira. That, that was really nice. And, you know, it was nice to see them close out the win. Yeah, it, it, I think it was an important win because that was one we circled and were like, um, you know, we'll really test FC Dallas. Are, are they really getting back in form uh, against a team that is well-coached, well-designed team, a lot of depth, a lot of good pieces, a team Best that knows defense its, in the league. Yeah, knows its identity, that plays good defense. And so, um, yeah, there, right. there were going to be a lot of question marks for FC Dallas to measure up, and, and they just took care of business. It was like a, it was a classic soccer match. It was just we're going to get the goal, and then we're just going to clamp down and make life miserable for you. Um, and and that is a playoff formula, uh, Jose. To your point, like that you want to go far in the playoffs. It's not always about, about scoring four or five goals. You, you, people it's, are amped up. That's rare. It's, but it's that one nothing. Right. It's it's not how you win. It's just get the win and and finding that making something out of nothing. Honestly, that that goal, you know, that it was it was a great little bit of magic there from from Jesus. But at the same time, if Jesus isn't on the pitch, that goal doesn't happen. I mean, it, it, we end up with zero zero. And and when we're predict we're asking for predictions, I was saying I didn't care who they were playing. It was a home match. They had to get the three points, and the team played like it wanted those three points, and they didn't care who they were playing against. And and uh, I'm just saying, as as FCD fan, you had to. I can't think of a, a fan who was not excited after that match, after that performance. And I think, and Tommy, I, I do think um, for our frustration at times as fans watching these games. And looking at the roster that FC Dallas has, um, to to get a guy like Sebastian, uh, you know, uh, and and you know, at this point in the season, kind of an interesting trade, and it seems like he's fitting. He's fitting. He's been very serviceable, very, you know, really fit in with the, with the team and helping them have a little something more to offer coming out of the midfield. I mean, would you would you grade it as a pretty solid deal so far? Yeah, so far, I think it's a good addition. Uh, anytime you get a technical player that can give and go, you know, I, I remember hearing somewhere in the media or somewhere that, you know, coach, or maybe it was on the game cast, uh, that, you know, coach told Allen, you know, this guy, you know, if you give him the ball, he'll give it back to you. And I think it was in the, it was during the game, and, and Steve, or wherever, Steve Davis was like, yeah, and then Velasco went back to coach, hey, you're right, he can to give him the ball back. So, it, you know, someone who's, you know, it, you can be as fast as you can, but if you lose the ball, it, it's just, you know, you see what happened to O'Brien, right? That's the reason why he's on the bench. Um, but I also want to point out that uh, Velasco had a great game in the midfield. He came close to hitting a couple shots and had a lot of space in the middle. You know, he kind of drifts, he plays on the wing and drifts to the middle. And, um, yeah, he's, he's coming around as well. Um, I want to add that that I agree with Tommy on Velasco and I, I don't want to say he had 
his best performance no, of, he, of he the year. The goals, I, I, yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people are saying that. I want to say he had his most mature performance as as a FC Dallas player, where, where you saw everything he brought to the table, and you said, "Yeah, this this kid, he's getting it. He's getting it. Yeah. He's starting to put it all together." And and uh, yeah, I I want to say it was his most mature performance and an excellent performance, and we need to get more of that from him, especially at yeah. home. Well, Velasco. One one thing I see with him is a is a kid that really wants to do well. He's a he's a good kid. I mean, I don't think you know, uh, you know, Diaz was a great player, but you know, I question some of his motivation on the field sometimes. Like, I really felt like you know he had his moments, but there was also a lot of moments where he didn't want to be here. Right, all of a sudden missing an action or whatever. I kind of felt like, and, and the stories come out later that, you know, he was never really happy here. But with Velasco, I mean, I see him playing defense. I see him getting better and doing things that, you know, he wasn't doing in the beginning of the year, just being tough and being smart. And, um, and you you know, they're starting to see how they how to use Velasco in the yeah. middle, you know. He has been in a good good uh, bit of a bit of form lately, and he's improving. And, and I think that just uh, bodes well it's the right time to start peaking. And, and getting into rhythm and maybe he has some spe- more spectacular moments on the way here we you know the team will need it down the stretch he's going to need everybody to contribute something mm-hmm. well well and then you know the three games in in uh, nine days first two are wins and so you looked at this match against nashville as a sort of a a, a match where you could just want to take anything you can get nashville has been up and down has has it's it's a, a solid team and at times they have looked dominant, but boy, they have struggled to close out games lately and lost, get, dropped a lot of points at home. So here's the here's all the timing for FC Dallas. FC Dallas third game in nine days, their best player, Jesus Ferreira, uh, designated player, gets yellow card accumulation, so he's out, which means we got to turn to Frank O'Hara, our three million dollar designated player who hasn't done. A whole lot, uh, you know, uh, but you'd hope the team at least go in maybe with the sense that, hey, let's just bunker, let's see what we can get out of this game. Meanwhile, Nashville has a come-to-Jesus moment where Dax McCarty, you know, as a veteran on that team, you know, really rips into the team. They have hard conversations that, like, we, you know, we got to sort this out. We can't, we can't be messing around anymore. And so, sure enough, uh, it's like a perfect storm for FC Dallas. Tired legs. Uh, missing your best attacking presence out there, uh, rotating a little bit, but probably not rotating enough. Ultimately, who knows? But and then just the game just goes downhill. Four goals uh, given up. At least a couple of the goals. Pause probably should have done better on. I think. I think you can make that case. Uh, but really, the whole team should have been sharper in this one. And so. It's one of these games where you probably just say, "Hey, uh, that's that that sucked. No one got injured. Hopefully, let's just move on. Let's put it behind us. Let's get a good rest week." But because uh, I'm not sure what if there's any positive to take out of this match. No one on the field looked good for FC Dallas. Uh, maybe thought, a slight improvement in the second half, but what do we take from it? I don't know. I thought Velasco looked solid um, again, but. Like you said, it, it, honestly, you looked at a team that was playing on tired legs and simply was getting out, quicked out 
hustled to the ball. And, and it was just a perfect storm. I mean, Nashville is a talented team, a team that many predicted would be, you know, one of the top three teams in the league. And they have that kind of talent, and they've been underperforming. And honestly, it was just a perfect storm. They had all week to prep up for FC Dallas. And, and like you said, you know, if we can win here, we can still get into the playoffs. We can still turn this around, but we got to do it now. And, and they played it that way. They played it with desperation and, and aggressiveness. And they really, like you said, it was a perfect storm. Uh, and and let's, uh, people forget that Nashville has sort of had FC Dallas's number. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So so that didn't help either. But it's just a game where, like I said, the first time that FC Dallas has lost by most, more than two goals all season. And, and it just seems that we have one of those every year, and it just so happened to be this game. I'd like to – I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and, and I take more from the win over Philadelphia than the loss against Nashville. Well, and I should have mentioned, you know, Philly went on after getting beat in Frisco. They go on and play DC United and crush them six nothing. So in my after dark article, I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was seven nothing. Oh, maybe it was seven nothing. Yeah, maybe I had that wrong. It, it, it was, was terrible. Yeah. And by the way, one of the little local stories I read about or I heard about today was that the day after that game, uh, DC United had a had to meet the fans, like a fans meet the players event like that had to be the worst (laughs) the worst timing but yeah you know teams give up those kinds of things on occasion in major league soccer every team has that one or two games where it's just like that bad day you know it's just a bad day so uh, yeah coach coach said they were not mentally ready and i you know right before the show i went watch a little bit of the you know first four minutes five minutes uh, the game started, and they passed the ball back to Martinez. It was like five seconds in the game. And what does Martinez do? He hits a long ball to the tall – no, not the tallest player, um, to Ariola, who's probably one of the shortest players on the field. And he loses the ball. And within seven seconds, seven seconds, like, I mean, mentally, that, I mean, that's just not the way to start a game on the road, up in the air, lollygag ball to Ariola, And then – you know, next thing you know, they have the ball and they're attacking us. Um, Zicky had a bad touch; he almost gave away the ball inside the thing. He got it back. Then you know they're passing it around there. You know, and then um, what I saw is that um, Nashio was pressing with seven players in the in the defending half, and then you had a bad touch from Cirillo, a very bad touch, and uh, it just seems like you know mentally they were not there. And then you know that goal that they made, that's like a I mean, that was a, a little bit of a luck. I mean, I mean, he was in a far angle, and he went in. It's kind of like the same thing when Ferreira scored against Philadelphia. You go up 1-0, and you got to fight back. And, and you know, FC Dallas, FC Dallas didn't have the team to fight back. And, you know, I was thinking about them um, pressing with the seven players. Why could they do that? I can tell you why. Because who was going to threat to score on, on a counterattack? Not Jara. Hara. Sorry, Hara. So, I mean, you know, Again, uh, it's, it's, they were not mentally prepared, but I think it's also it's a process, and, and I don't think Nico has his team yet. And will he ever have a full team? We'll see. But, you know, um, I don't think that Cyril is a starter, and I don't think that Hara is a starter, and I think those are two weak links, and there's your game. I'm going, I'm going to disagree with you because the last I remember, Cyril started against the Union and shut down 
their their top scorer. I mean, he just closed that guy down. And then you have Surreal after such a tough match like that, and then you roll him out against Nashville. The kid was just exhausted. And and honestly, you got to blame the formation. I don't blame Surreal. I blame the formation. You come out in a 4-3-3. They should have gone with a 4-4-2, and they should have had two midfielders. They should have had somebody helping Surreal, so Surreal was not yeah I, I, I see your point and it's well taken and i was going to say that it was just real quick is that when they gave up that goal paxton was in the right the left back position instead of being in the middle being one of the players you know when, when fc dallas is trying to beat the press who do you want to get the ball the ball to you want to get it to velasco and paxton neither of those guys got in, got in touch with the ball you know no and, and like i said i think it's just the wrong formation and and dallas came out and they didn't really play defensively bunker ball right off the bat and in retrospect maybe they should have i mean maybe it wasn't gonna be pretty maybe you're gonna lose 2-0 but you know like i said with the tired legs and a motivated nashville team they got the formation wrong and they didn't have you you saw our lack of depth in the fact that a lot of the players that played you know surreal packs and a lot of these guys played the full match on wednesday and then you roll them out on the road to boot it's just it's it's just a huge reminder that we need you know we have some players that are dragging us down and and there's nothing to do about that it's just you just have to figure it out yeah and missing uh i know queen own was on the bench but he obviously he didn't get in and he probably wouldn't have moved the needle anyway and he wasn't he wasn't 100 percent and and that was i mean that should show you how far from 100 percent he was Probably just there as an emergency player, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what did y'all think about Benny coming on in the 46th minute? I think Benny should have started. Like I said, it should have been a 4-4-2. And if you were going to start Benny, then you should have started uh, uh, Obreon up top next to Hara so he could make those deep runs and at least keep Nashville honest. And and honestly, they, I'm surprised oh. that, that Obreon wasn't – there earlier, I would have started Obreon, like I said, either him or Benny next to Hara in a four-four-two, and said, "I was okay, thinking the same thing. We we should just bunker and then hit them over the top and try to catch them." And got to uh, have some speed, at least to, to threaten, you know, to exactly, go back the other way. Exactly. And not, and not as, that they didn't have speed. He's been, yeah. Not not to say that we didn't have speed, but you know, Velasco and 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 Ariola on tired legs, they're gonna miss a little right. bit of that. A little bit of that extra yeah. burst, and and uh, yeah, so they were set up for failure. And Nico, Nico has to blame himself on that. He's gotta. I think we were saying he needed to give some of these younger players minutes. This would have been the perfect match for it. Yeah, and I, I thought like, why not give Redzik some minutes uh, out there? Um, you know, we've we've seen his load increase a little bit, but. And while we he brings energy though, the, you know, it's, it's, the truth is the question. The, you know, it's the, the jury is still out on this guy on how he's going to fit, how he's going to translate his game to this level and how, how long it will take. I mean, it's tough to say, oh, we really want you to come in and change the game. But there was an opportunity there for some of these young guys uh, to really make a statement for themselves. And I think even, uh, like, I, I think Redzik, he did what he could with what what was the option out there. I, I, I was very disappointed in Siki. I, I thought... Uh, Siki has at times looked like he is the the steal of the draft, and then at times he just looks 
uh, like he, it's a, it's a struggle for him to kind of impact the game. And, and, and I think that's just part of the growing and the growing learning curve and stuff. And it's, it's a lot to expect him to come in and kind of just it, uh, yeah. in a way, a way environment to like take over a game. He's just, he's, he may be talented, but he's not that talented, you know? And, yeah. Well, and his performance just reminds you of why the, the jet addition was such a big addition because Siki is inconsistent as a first year professional should be and Cervania is has also been inconsistent and so it can be maddening to have young players like that have really good games one week and then have completely opposite bad games the following week and you know that's it's still there Siki still can help you but right now it's his kind of inconsistent play on the road. That's, it's that's, easy. That's yeah. It. It's easy to go back and now and say, you should have done this. You should have done that. I mean, looking at it now, I was wondering like, would have been, it should have been, should have started um, Sebastian over Zeke, right? It didn't bring Zeke on when they were tired. I think you get a little bit more ball control there, but uh, like I say, it's easy for me to say that now, right. you know, but, uh, I but think you they know, were worried, yeah. they were worried yeah. that legit had come in and played three games you know, with very little rest and they were, and, and he is a veteran and you do got to rest him. And honestly, you, you, you expected better from Tiki. You expected better from some of the players, but at the end of the day, it just lack of depth, lack of depth, lack of depth. The team just has too many, doesn't have the depth to handle three games in, in nine days. And I think this happened last time we had, you know, mm-hmm. three, four games in a row on short notice and, and the seconds and the, you know, the third or fourth game, we were just like, man, we're horrible. Why? Cause we're going into our bench and, and yes, there's potential on the bench, but there's no consistency in the bench. And, and sometimes you get good games. Sometimes you get complete disasters. So if I were to tell you at the beginning of the year, at this point in the time, FC Dallas would be third in the conference. What would you have thought? I, I honestly, Honestly, I think we would all have taken it. I mean, that, let's face it, not too many people, including a lot of FC Dallas fans, were very hopeful that this team would be much more than, you know, everyone thought we'd be like eighth, seventh place around this time. Mm-hmm. And, and that may still that may still be the case, that we may still end there, but the, the as the season c- comes to the end, you're seeing where this team has a good chance to finish, you know, three anywhere from three to six. If they, yep. you know, depending on, on how they finish. So, and I think we'd all settle so, for four, for four. <laughs> I know I would. So, so to follow up on that, and, and Nathan, please let me, uh, forgive me for asking this, but I just, um, new new era, is it a new era? And, and, and the way I look at this new era, what I see is that, um, you know, right now the roster is still very thin, you know? I mean, like, yes, we got better players in some positions, and but there's still some weak spots. Uh, we know that's not going to change overnight. They've already they already said it's a process, but from a coaching perspective, the biggest change that I that's the biggest thing that I've seen this year with last ten years of FC Dallas is the coaching and the handling of the players in the lineups. It's not given to anyone just because you're on the team, and and he's only trusting a handful of players. It's a different philosophy from there, and. Perhaps it's a new, you know, new era in the sense that they got Ariola, they got Legit, they signed um, Velasco, but 
until I see a full roster, can we sign off on a new era? I'm, I'm asking you guys. I think it is, and I will tell you why I think it's an era. Because you mm -hmm. have to ask yourself, if Nico is not our head coach, does Ariola want to come here? Does Legette want to come here? And, and the fact that we have a, 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 a manager who was an assistant for the U.S. Miss National Team and runs very much the same attack has made FC Dallas a very attractive place for all those players that are on, that are on the fringes right now. Let's face it, if you can't get to Europe, what's the best team to go to if you want to keep yourself in that World Cup conversation? And FC Dallas suddenly become has become a very attractive uh, place for that kind of player. I mean, uh, they're saying legit, basically asked to come to FC Dallas. I mean, that's yeah. all you need to know is is when U.S. Uh, MNT players start seeing you as a favorable destination, yes, this team mm -hmm. has definitely uh, – it's definitely a new era. We're seeing the beginning of the new era, though. I mean, think of think of how many years it took uh, Poppy to get his team that he wanted, the team that – you know, the 2016 team. That was what? That's third season with FC Dallas? You know? Uh, I'm just saying, it's it, – it's, Nico is basically doing great in his first season with some uh, baggage that he has no say over. Uh, we'll see. You know, I think I think we all should be pretty excited about, uh, especially with the moves that this team was willing to make this season. If they can keep that sort of aggressiveness next season, yeah, I think yeah, I think, I'm, say, I think you say it's off to a good start. For me, I'm hoping that, you know, it's it's not like a short stay for, for Nico. He's here for a long term. And, uh, you know, World Cup, we'll see what happens with Jesus and how he, how he does. I expect that if he goes and lights it up, he's not going to return, right? I mean, um, but I did hear someone say that our uh, news, whatever, that he wants to break his, his dad's records and he's not really interested in jumping ship just yet. But uh, we'll, it will be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. Uh, now that the World Cup will be behind us and what kind of players we'll have around, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so, but, but so far, I'm going to check off that it's a new era. I'm not going to say it's done, but I'm going to check off that they're in the right direction. Yeah, there, and there's already some good, uh, you know, I, I think what we've seen from this team, and this is what I say, if you asked me that question, like, beginning of the season, hey, uh, at this point, going into the final eight games or whatever, seven games, uh, you know, you're going to be, um, uh, you know, you're going to be third in the West. I, I would have taken it too. And I would have been surprised. I, I think this team should be talented enough to compete for a, a playoff spot and, you know, our home form and, and, and Nico's done enough to improve our away performances. So there's a lot to like there, but there's been some uneven play. Of course, you've seen, we've seen the limitations of this roster. So I think to be in this position, to have a chance to solidify it, or at least to, to just qualify for a playoff spot in these final stretch run of games is, is a great, great first year for Nico. If they can do some damage in the playoffs, even even amazing. I'm not holding my breath, but um, we've seen that this team can play really well and has has some excellent pieces. But yeah, yeah. but we've also seen like, man, we probably could use more competition at right back. That Nandu has not really been that wonderful of, of a piece we could probably use some help at left back you know we could use some we could probably use some uh we definitely need at least some depth and striker that's 
that's that can provide provide some speed off the off the bench at least. And we're getting that come. I I'm, think yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned Nanu because I know a lot of people are unhappy with his with the way he's. I'm not out. I'm, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, our our friend that isn't here would would totally be on on with that, but uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, people don't forget that they they took a big swing on Nanu. You know, it, had it, to be the worst. They, wow. You know, they took a big swing on him. They missed, but it's alone, so it's not like the Hara swing. It's not that level of bad swing, but uh, they did try to bring in somebody that was better than Tuomasi to to Tuomasi's credit. He's improved. Yes, he's still not, you know, Reggie Cannon, Brian Reynolds good, but he is better than he was last season, and he's certainly better than Nanu. And and I think you'll see it again. I think FC Dallas next year they'll bring somebody else and say, hey, Tomasi, you can do better. And okay, you beat out Nanu. We're gonna bring in somebody else next year. Yeah, push you to try to take your job. And and and, 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 I, and, I, and I like that approach. And I failed to mention signing pass. That was a big thing. Selling, uh, trading Hollingshead for Farfan. I mean, the coach knows what he wants. He wanted they, a defender. He didn't want an attacker. Those are and, two good moves. And those moves, and all those moves, think about it, is taking a team that finished, you know, outside the playoffs last season and made them a team that is in the very, very thick of it all right now. Right. And, and I think that's – I think we can all be – you know, where we are feeling right now, even though we're coming off a really bad loss, I think none, no one's panicking. No one's going, you know, oh, my God, you know, soon or anything like that. We're all saying, hey, we'll take that loss. Let's let's not build on that. Let's let's get yeah. back, and, and hopefully it's a one-off. And I think that's a huge change in the fandom right now, where before in the past we've all been in full panic mode going, oh, my God, you know. Well the wheels have come has, off, but that's not the case. Paz has been solid. I mean, uh, you know, that, that goal against him on, on last night, I mean, that was he just He was bound to have but, a bad game. <laughs> yeah, but but Farfan, I mean, he hasn't made many mistakes right there left back. I mean, he's been pretty solid. I don't remember him getting beat, no handballs, no fouls on the box. He's got some assists. He's got a score recently. I and, mean, and he's just been a great pickup. And they have, and I'm just saying, I, I blame this more on fatigue, but also don't forget that the Philadelphia match was very physical match. We're talking about that, that, mm -hmm. the, the, those revs, they allowed a lot of physical contact to go unchecked in that oh, match. And, and, and I want to say, else. yes. And, and you have to think about it on top of the fatigue, on top of being in a really tense, uh, opponent, a playoff caliber opponent. And, and, Basically, after that drag down, beat down, Pier 6 brawl, you got to still travel to Nashville. And, and they looked like a team that, that was didn't have much in the tank from the get-go. And Pass, uh, he got beat up pretty badly in that game, too, and in this game. So so he, yeah. I'm not saying I'm – not, I don't want to say that he had a bad game necessarily. I just want to say he's a player that's gotten for, – for a goalkeeper – He's taking a pretty good beating, and the refs, you know, you got to blame those guys for some of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was I, really I think, a strange referee night. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see, you know, we'll see a good turnover of the roster. I think there's going to be some guys that haven't had many minutes that will be gone, El Medcar and and others. You know, I, I think we'll see some of that thinning out. And I, I for me, always the, the to think about um, Mulatto coming up with the first team next year. 
will be an exciting thing to see. And, and I think Colin Smith will be a year at least closer to competing in camp and, and, and pushing Tomasi. Um, yeah, just, just, so there's some good, good possibilities still coming along, even as the team will have some room after the world cup to go out and, and, and pick up, I think some good, some good players to bring in. It, is Sean still practicing with the team? Because I just can't believe he could not have helped <laughs> this year at, at all. You know, I I don't know what's going on with him. In all honesty, yeah. I, I do want to say that that I think this team could do what it's missing this season, and and I mean, I'm sure roster limitations had a lot to do that. But I still would like them to add a a uh, uh, an affiliate. In the in the championship and USL championship because mm-hmm. North Texas is developing players that can come in at the lower rung for the team. We're seeing that we're seeing a lot of raw talent there, but you can't tell me that that guys like Munjoma and Shun and 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 uh, Benny, those guys could have used some serious minutes in the first half of the season in, at a, in, a, in the USL championship, yeah. and and uh, I would love to see the Hunts do something about that, make an actual, and I don't mean like a two-year deal. They need to say something honest, like say, hey, five, ten-year deal with San Antonio or El Paso or the new uh, Fort Worth team. They really do need to to do something so that there's there's some missing rung on that ladder. There's some players like, like Roberts who are too good to be playing in North Texas. You know, it would be nice to be able to send them there uh, uh, another step on that ladder, and and those players, like I said, maybe they'd be helping us more now. They wouldn't. The talent yeah. would be better, but at least they would be in better form. Is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Well, well, good. Well, well, shifting talking about that that uh, that lower level, North Texas SC. Uh, I do think. We've we've had some movement, some activities, uh, you know, there with uh, some signings and and uh, Derek Waldeck was was released and now uh, I think is back in USL one, which good for him. I you know I think his time, he'd been a good a, a good servant for for the team, probably the longest tenured North Texas, SC player as far as I know. Yes. But first uh, first three year player for for North Texas. Yeah. But and North Texas did play uh, at Colorado too, I believe. Um, I don't. And... <laughs> yeah, that was a tough, tough draw. That was uh, basically at, I believe, in extra time. Colorado basically did did the uh, the whole. We need a point desperately. We don't want to be eliminated, and they pulled their goalkeeper, brought him up, and they. They punched in that tying goal right at right in the last. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the ninety-second minute, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with when it was like a four minutes at a time. So, yeah, that was a hard one for the team to take. Uh, fortunately, they did win on the PK, so they got the extra point. And the truth is, is right now they're simply playing for positioning. I mean, they are a playoff team, no doubt about it. There's separation. The top four teams. Tacoma, St. Louis, Houston, and North Texas. Right now, there's two separate battles going on with with Tacoma and St. Louis are battling for one and two, and Houston and North Texas will battle for three and four. It's just down to positioning. Everybody else right now that unless 
unless you know Houston and 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 or North Texas totally collapse, there's no way anybody else is gonna catch up to those guys right now. Mm. Looks like. And they by the way, by the way, had 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 North Texas won, held on to the win, they'd be in third place right now, uh, ahead of Houston. Mm. Yeah, and it looks like they have a a week off um, this week. Yes, yeah. uh, North Texas has a game on hand on everybody, so they get the week off, and then uh, they have uh, the game the week after. It's I think uh, they should have a winnable game, and yeah, Houston United. and Houston and St. Louis play each other. Uh, Minnesota is tough. They, they they play a lot of you, you saw they play a lot of a lot of their uh, senior roster players, but North Texas seems to have their number. So I think that's a winnable game for them. Most importantly, I'll be watching St. Louis-Houston play that week. Mm-hmm. And I'll be cheering for St. Louis to, to beat Houston or at least hold them to a draw. Because like I said, that's all you really need to watch. It's Houston and North Texas down the stretch. Who's going to finish third or fourth? And then uh, St. Louis-Tacoma battling out for one and two. And the only way North Texas finishes you know, second place is if Tacoma or St. Louis, one of those guys, just go on a losing streak, which I don't see happening. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it uh, sounds like, uh, you know, Coach Kaw has been such a positive force. We should have a, have an interesting article out this week, kind of a few of us recapping how it's been in this first season with Coach Kaw. But you could mm-hmm. probably tell, too, he's been frustrated with some of these results lately. The team just not just finding yes. ways to... To, to close out the games and it's just it's the cruelty of of the sport sometimes and i think Kod doesn't accept the you know the we're a young team as an excuse he expects his team to perform to they practice the situations he expect them you know against colorado that last minute goal you could just tell that Kod was not happy with the with the team at all because that's a that's something that they drill on and he expects his team to you know we're talking that's the kind of points you can't give up with down the stretch with the playoffs because in the playoffs those will those are going to eliminate you all right well good stuff i think we'll leave it here for tonight of course we'll be uploading the podcast the audio to um uh to to uh, wherever you find audio podcasts of choice whether it's apple Podcasts or spotify or google so please listen in please subscribe please help spread the word uh, we do this because we love this team, and uh, there's a lot. Absolutely. It's going to be a great uh, few more weeks of the season to go. It's going to be intense. There's going to be drama. Um, you know that particular that one of that next home matches uh, coming up uh, against uh, LAFC is going to be a, a really interesting one. Or is it an away match? It's an away match. The LAFC match? I thought that was in in Frisco. Maybe it is in Frisco, and it's just uh, you know because not- that's. Because we played them well. Yeah. Well. What's that now? It's. I think that's the last home match. It's against uh, LAFC. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. You're... you're, you're... Yeah, no, I, my thing is not loading up. Well, anyway. All right, we got some good... Uh, and, of course, this coming weekend, you're right. Javier's right. We got to get three points against RSL at home. It, again, should be doable for this team to bounce back. Put that yeah. Nashville result in the rearview mirror. And, and get another big three points at home. Yes, FC Dallas hosts LAFC. Uh, it's their second to last home game because mm-hmm. the the 
Sporting KC is the last home game. But yes, three points against RSL is a must. Uh, FC Dallas is the only team to travel to, to RSL and take three from them all season long. So you best believe that RSL will will be looking to exact a little revenge. And, and let's face it, with playoff positioning on the line for both of these two teams, this is a six-point match, so it's a must win. Yeah. <coughs> Arjun is right. Is SKC is the last, the last yeah. home match. Well, let's leave it there. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll Thanks, see you guys. next week, next Monday Thanks night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey, look.